Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Healing Feeling. I'm Torsi and I created this podcast talking all things well-being, what makes us feel the absolute best in ourselves, and how we overcome challenges and heal with positivity and strength. It's the final episode of season one and this week I spoke to the lovely Adele Tracy. Adele is a British track and field athlete and has represented GB in 800 metres at Commonwealth European and World Championships. Me and Adele trained at the same club growing up and we speak all about her athletic journey from competing for Guildford and Gordoming at a young age to competing on the global stage today. It was great to speak about some of the challenges Adele has faced within her sport and how working through these has allowed her to grow as an athlete. We additionally discussed the incredible work she is doing with the Women's Sports Trust to uplift female sport and shape the future landscape. We also explored the benefits of possessing external passions, exampled by Adele's career as a hair and makeup artist. I really hope you love this episode. So I have Adele Tracy on the podcast today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. No, it's super exciting. So if anyone hasn't heard of Adele, she's a British track and field athlete and she focuses on the 800 metres and has been a European finalist and a world semi-finalist, which is just incredible. So firstly, congratulations on all your achievements. It's just amazing to see. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> the way me and Adele kind of cross over is that we had the same coach growing up, which is so fun. We were both at Guildford and Godalming. And I don't know if we quite overlapped, but... I mean, I always remember you being like everyone's idol at the club and everyone's like, oh my God, Adele's so amazing. <laughs> oh, so sweet. No, I definitely remember you from the club for sure. So I think maybe towards the end, like I obviously went to uni, so I was a little bit older. But yeah, I remember training together. So it's nice to have that connection. <laughs> it's so nice. And yeah, it's Guildford and Godalming. I have so many happy memories from there. And we both had Sue as a as our kind of lead coach and she was she was great and yeah, I haven't, I've, I've been, had a lot of injury over the last few years, so I haven't been back as much, but I have lots of really fond memories from Guildford and Godalming for sure. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so how are you doing in lockdown and stuff at the moment? How is everything? Yeah, I, I guess when people ask me that, I feel quite reluctant to say that it's been quite nice. 
I know it's been a really difficult time for a lot of people. So, yeah, I feel really grateful that my family and myself have all been well and healthy. And it's actually just been an opportunity to just have a bit of a pause, reset and just, I guess, work on those one percents and and um, those little things for running, but also outside of running as well, like focus on just the projects that I have going on outside of um, athletics, but also my working life as a makeup artist too. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been a good time to kind of address those things, but yeah, I'm definitely getting itchy feet now and, and kind of looking forward to hopefully competing soon. So it's been a bit surreal. <laughs> yeah. And I was speaking to Alice and you know, Alice through you're both involved in the women's sport trust and she was telling me how the period of not knowing if the Olympics was going ahead, because obviously the Olympics is a, was a goal for you this year, right, in terms of Tokyo. So that kind of space of expecting it to be cancelled but not knowing must have been really quite crazy during this pandemic as well. Yeah, so my plans were to to head off to altitude actually in, in, in March and April. So I knew that that might not be a possibility um, given the circumstances. I opened up the year really well indoors and... I'd already had the um, World Indoors cancelled, which was such a shame because I was feeling in really good shape then. So okay. it was like slowly time would go past and, and goals would keep disappearing. So that was a little bit difficult to adjust to that. And I think for a lot of athletes, we kind of hoped that the Games would be postponed because I think having that pressure to maintain fitness and resume as normal when, when life just really wasn't normal and it wasn't possible for so many people just seemed kind of unachievable um you know you want to be at the best you possibly can be for olympic gear and and with yeah. so many facilities not available team sports not able to you know meet um i felt actually really grateful to to be in an individual sport um and still be able to exercise once a day and continue to do my sport to some sort of capacity so yeah it, it's really challenging circumstances and, and more so for different sports yeah and i was gonna say that actually because we were still allowed to do that once daily exercise so we still could have that ability to go for a run which I guess yeah. was pretty good within athletics and within cross country and stuff but it, yeah it was super hot yeah I didn't even really think about team sports I mean that must have just been crazy like not having that kind of team aspect for so long yeah no definitely I think that's the thing I actually think you get an appreciation for your sport like the fact that I was still able to run it then became that thing actually this is really I really appreciate that I'm able to run even just from you know um, a well-being perspective in in these times so yeah it, it's been different we've been trying to be really creative me and my coach feel really lucky that now we're able to you know train together from a distance and um, my boyfriend's my training partner actually so he he was able we were in lockdown together so we were able to kind of still do sessions together so I was really lucky from that perspective but yeah just missing meeting meeting my training group and and having that social aspect of my sport too is that's kind of been missing the last couple of months yeah that's so ideal having your boyfriend as your training partner that's amazing <laughs> um so basically I wanted to speak to you about how you came into running really because I mean I remember you being at the club but as you said you were quite a bit older than me when I was there so how did running come into your life when did you start to discover it to be something that you really loved so I literally for as long as I can remember running has has been there I think because when I first moved to the UK so I grew up in Jamaica until I was like seven years old and and came to the UK and I remember starting school like halfway through the year so it was quite overwhelming anyway because I'd come from like being homeschooled with 
several other kids from my community to going to the British education system in itself yeah. um, but also halfway through the year as well so it's really overwhelming and I think for a long time I couldn't really understand why I wasn't taking things on or understanding what the teachers said to me and you know you've got all those other things going on like making friends and stuff when you're that age so I think for a long time I really really struggled academically and then I found out I was dyslexic and later on dyscalculiac so my mum like as soon as she found out I was dyslexic she was like she was just was so great at like trying to find things that she knew I was good at um to get me involved with them more outside of school just to boost my confidence yeah um so I did like loads of different art clubs like theatre schools and um sport was like a massive part of that so I started running um at school and it was just nice to like actually feel like really confident in something feel like you're really good at something and so actually from from the age of seven years old I like was like okay I want to do this as a job I want to be an athlete or an artist or something like that you kind of got both which is amazing <laughs> yeah I know it's, it's, I think it's a bit unusual to decide when you're a kid but I think because those um things that I enjoyed were there from the start I kind of never really sort of lost sight of them throughout yeah running was always there and, and art was kind of there in the background too amazing that's so awesome from your mum as well to seek those things external to the academic side of school and I think mm-hmm. if, yeah if you struggle academically it's it can be quite hard to feel confident in yourself so finding those things on the side which really boost your confidence is so amazing especially when you're that age definitely yeah really good and what drew you to 800 because I <laughs> I did a bit of 800 I was 1500 mainly uh, on the track and 800 is just so difficult <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the like complete blend between speed and endurance I would say it's just really quite challenging you really need that speed obviously like I I remember doing it when I was um 12 or something and I would I would think it was so long and then when I was like 15 it literally was like a sprint so <laughs> what drew you to 800 because it's such a challenging distance Gosh, I really don't know. I think just where, like, I think at school, like, naturally, you um, do cross country in the winter. And then, like, as soon as I was able to get on the track and train with Guildford and Godalming, I was, like, so excited to do, like, everything, just everything. Um, But I found I was quite naturally quick. And I think Sue was really good at picking up on that. So she kind of suggested that we try um doing some 400s some 600s because I think like when you're under 13 you can only run 600 meters and and 600 seemed to be the one like I, I felt like I um it was quick enough that that I had that natural speed but then also you had to keep going a little bit longer um so yeah just kind of naturally fell into it and then obviously while I was growing up like Kelly Holmes was such an idol for me you know for middle distance and so I think when you have someone you look up to that kind of does that event anyway it makes it easier to to get excited about it and yeah I've literally just been running I think I ran more sort of four 800s um, when I was younger and now I've sort of done a little bit more mileage and now I'm sort of more of an 815 I would say yeah. I remember it Gilford and Godwin I don't know if you had this as well but you'd kind of go and you do your main event so I'd always go to do 1500 and then I'd get put into all these other <laughs> events I mean I'm very sure I'm five foot three and I was even shorter when I was younger and I would always be put into high jump every time <laughs> and discus when I have like the weakest arms ever so but I quite liked it it was really fun to go and not always be kind of really focused on your main kind of event I think definitely I think that's how you work out what what your um forte is I guess because yeah you try everything 
and so yeah I worked out pretty quickly that um the throws weren't for me <laughs> um, I wasn't great at keeping going for you know as long as 5k but so definitely the middle distances I were the one <laughs> it must have been so cool as you're saying growing up with Kelly as your idol and then she selected you to be the torchbearer at the 2012 Olympics which is just amazing that must have been so cool Oh gosh, it's like completely, yeah, I think the whole experience is so surreal, even when I think about it now. It's like the year before I met Kelly for the first time, really, and I was selected to be part of her initiative at the time on Camp with Kelly, and to have that opportunity to come out of that situation, and, and even just to have Kelly as a mentor, you know, really meant a lot, so now I kind of look back on 2012 as, you know, it's kind of a little bit of history, and kind of to share that with all those other athletes yeah just an incredible experience and something I'll never forget I think like the only thing that that can kind of top that experience is kind of becoming an Olympian and and performing Olympic Games myself so yeah which will happen I'm confident (laughs) just in a year's time now postponed um I was I was wondering this was Rio in your sights 2016 I did actually run the Olympic qualifying time that year it was six significantly slower actually than this one really um yeah they kind of do it off IAAF rankings and um kind of yeah I'm not sure how they they come up with the time but yeah it's based off of those stats but um I I ran the Olympic qualifying time but I had like quite a lot of health issues with my eye and that summer um I still competed at European championships but I just didn't perform well enough at the trials to go to the Olympics but when I look back on that year now I realized that even if I had made the team, I think I wasn't ready to, to perform on the world stage in the way that I would have liked. Now I feel a lot more equipped having competed at world championships, European championships, and Commonwealth Games. When you have that experience under your belt, you feel, you know, ready, ready for that, that stage a little bit more. So I definitely feel if I was able to compete in a year's time um, in Tokyo, I'd, I'd be ready. Yeah that's a really great way to grow from something like that I think have you had any other experiences in your athletic journey which have been really challenging at the time but you kind of look back and be like actually that challenge really helped me grow as an athlete oh 100% like yeah there's there's so many um I think the most recent is probably last year I've never really started a season with a few kind of little injuries going on and it kind of felt like one of those seasons where just one thing after the other kept going wrong. I also had quite a few hormonal complications, which I feel like I've really, really learned loads about in the last couple of months. Um, and that's been really insightful. But at the time, obviously, I didn't fully understand what was going on. These kind of injuries really get on top of you, especially when you're trying to compete. And I think Definitely. I found that really a massive challenge to kind of deal with at the time. And also, I think, yeah, it's just it's just um, hindsight kind of gives you that perspective of of knowing um, yourself so much better. I think if I was to kind of have those injuries now, I definitely wouldn't run through them. And I think you, when you're in that moment, you kind of lose sight of your pain threshold and you can tolerate so much. And that's actually a really dangerous thing too. So I think at the end of last season, I actually decided that I just wanted to strip everything back and I just wanted to get back to loving running because that's why I do it and find more meaning with it as well and I feel like the Women's Sports Trust have been incredible like being part of the Anon program has they've really brought that out of me they've really supported my ambitions and I feel like my running has a lot more meaning to it now but also 
you know, regardless of, you know, what my goals are within running, I also feel like I enjoy running so much more and I have been the last year. So that's really nice as well. That's amazing. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Like finding that appreciation and gratitude whilst we run, which I think enhances our performance as well. And I mean, I've had a lot of injuries as well and I wouldn't change them because having them and not having running meant that I was willing, yeah, to, like you said, to strip back the need for competition initially. And obviously if that comes back, that's amazing. But it's, yeah, finding that place within you that loves the sport you're doing for the Mm -hmm. pure sport. And then you can build on that with competition, I think. Yeah, 100%. In terms of injury, did you find that strength and conditioning really aided you in coming out of those injuries stronger? Did you have kind of a program that allowed you to build from the injuries? So yeah, like my um, SNC coach has been amazing, especially through lockdown as well. He's been really creative with the home workout. Yeah, we've worked really hard together over the last year to just make my my body really resilient. Um, but also, I think I think for me, the biggest part of it, because I you know I was doing a lot of SNC last year, even though the injuries were there before. I think the biggest part for me was just kind of knowing when to to take a step back and actually be like I don't need to you know run myself into the ground here I need to respect my body I need to recover so it was kind of those recovery strategies that I've been really working hard to put in place so like having my protein after every session making sure that I foam roll that a little bit more or you know stretch a bit more here and there so um, that's been really important and really like yoga for that I think it's really great for running actually just relieving a bit of tension and I'm so awful at just doing static stretching and I find yoga, it feels like there's more purpose to it. So Definitely. And I mean, I'll go into my yoga ramble now, but yeah, I mean, I've had, um, my injuries were always in my hips and yoga has genuinely removed the problem, which is just amazing. But it's the way it is in terms of how you flow with the stretches allows the stretches to be so much more beneficial. Because yeah, if you just st- like stretch statically, you haven't really warmed up and you don't really get the full benefit of the stretch but yoga is a really clever way like we've been running I've done a few like um yoga for runners classes and stuff which are really fun but yeah if I put them on my IGTV I can send them <laughs> your way oh amazing yeah I'll definitely be up for that <laughs> <laughs> and also not overloading myself in the gym because I think you forget every time you run you're loading your body you're loading your bones um so you know to go and do that in the gym a little bit more is also putting your body under stress so um yeah for me it's been just putting everything in perspective and remembering that everything I do is going to aid me in the future and and actually just trusting my my body and my ability a little bit more yeah amazing and you can really see it when you're running that your joy shines through when you run I don't know if it's a a smile of pain or a smile of enjoyment but whenever you're running I'm like oh my god she looks so amazing when she's running like how is she (laughs) smiling in the last 200 meters of a 800 it's just, but obviously it's I mean I, mean, I assume you're not at the end of an 800 race <laughs> I know I've had so many conversations about this I actually um, I'm not aware of, I'm not aware of what my face is doing when I'm full of lactic but I do think it I, there's, there must be something in it maybe it's me trying to sort of trick myself into to feeling good at that point in the race because it only really happens when when I am at that stage and those final stages where I'm full of lactic um so yeah it's quite funny <laughs> honestly just how do you keep it going in those last stages I think when you just do so many intense sessions and um yeah you you kind of know that you've you've done more than you need to in training 
um, when I go out there, I never really think about the end. I just think about what I want to do and, and try and work my hardest in that moment. And yeah, and, and actually like. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss half the time you know you, you you forget about the pain it, it's all about the hard work that you put out there and and hopefully it all pays off at the end of that definitely and I mean yeah your times are I mean you've, you've gone you've dipped under two minutes that must have been such an incredible moment when did you have your personal best so I've actually only been under two once I've run around two minutes quite a bit so I went sub two actually in the semi-finals at the European Championships and I had to run that personal best to make the final um and yeah like that championship for me um I went into the championship ranked 17th and I came fourth in the final so it was beyond like what I ever thought I could do at that moment in time and I think it really yeah just gave me a lot of belief in in my ability after that chance and I was so so proud to go like sub two minutes at a chance because a lot of the time in championship racing you don't normally perform your best times at championship so you normally have opportunities around those races to to run quicker times but championships can be quite tactical and sometimes slower so I was really really pleased to to run that there yeah I've, I've seen like in like the five and ten k's the times can be sometimes like so much slower and then the last lap just becomes a complete sprint yeah definitely like you're saying at championships it can become much more kind of like a a game of the speed and how people run the race every race is different um but a lot I mean the the way that I actually run 800s psychologically are very similar um you know it's all about kind of for me leaving it all out there leaving it all on the track um and feeling like I'm enjoying the process so if I'm like you know thinking too far ahead and thinking about the finish like 
I've gotten way too far ahead of myself. It's, you know, if I'm really in that moment, I think just being present in the race is so, so important because then I can run intuitively, react to things efficiently. And I think that's the best way to kind of, you know, race middle distance because every race is different. Anything can happen and you can never predict kind of what's yeah. going to happen next. So it's just being really responsive. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of the future, um, we've spoken about Tokyo being postponed. Is it looking like there's any races coming up or is it all still looking a bit kind of things are cancelled still or is there anything coming up? They have actually moved the British Championships to the beginning of September. So I think they are the first or the second weekend of September. And it's looking like some Diamond Leagues might be appearing as well. So that's really good because, yeah, there's, there's an opportunity to still race. And I think a lot of athletes have been just holding on to that um, so they can hopefully have some sort of a season. But I think it will be quite short and sweet. And then unfortunately, nothing counts towards next year. So nobody can run um, Olympic qualifying times this year. We have to wait until next year, which, yeah, there's a lot of controversy around that. But I also think, you know, everybody's in a different part of the world. Um, different circumstances with pandemics so um, it seems the fairest way to kind of move forwards yeah no definitely throughout all your running like staying in the present moment is is obviously so great but having that goal just in the future just in front of you it must kind of help with the psychological side of knowing that there's something kind of fairly soon coming up to be working towards yeah definitely I think um yeah we train hard you know to race so and that's the bit that I enjoy the most so it's definitely nice to have something on the horizon. Yeah, definitely. I really want to get into talking about um, the Women's Sport Trust because I think it's so amazing. You, you really use your platform on Instagram to be so empowering in, in, in a range of ways. I mean, you're also an ambassador for British Dyslexia Association and Dementia UK, which is actually two um, aspects which are really close to my heart as well because I'm also dyslexic and I've had relative suffer with dementia. So it's really lovely to see you using your platform for that. But can you kind of let us know about this Women's Sport Trust? It's creating spaces for women to be lifted up and flash in sport. Yeah, so like I was saying at the end of last year, I think um, I really just had lost a little bit of love for the sport, I think with all the injuries and all the things that had gone wrong. And I just really wanted to find more meaning in it. Um, obviously I love my job as a makeup artist, but it's, it's not got that connection with sport for me. And I wanted to see if there was a way that I could, um, you know, still be involved in sport, um, regardless if I was running, if I was injured or whatever. So um, I actually went to a sports aid um, alumni dinner at the House of Commons. Um, and it was hosted by Tani Gray Thompson, which is wow. amazing. Yeah, I was so honoured to be invited. Yeah, she did a talk at our school once and she was amazing. Oh yeah, what an incredible lady. Yeah, so inspirational. And the fact that she's like had so much um, influence in politics and sport is yeah, really amazing. So she's someone I really admire. So I was really, um, yeah, just so pleased to be invited along. And that evening I met a woman called Michelle Moore, who's the diversity um, trustee for the Women's Sports Trust. Um, just kept like in contact with her because she's another incredible inspiring woman um, and she actually put me forward for the um, program which I was so astonished by like I yeah just yeah amazing because when I looked at the list of athletes um, who were involved I was like wow my gosh so cool there's so many incredible athletes involved Do, give me some names I want to hear some people who are involved in it obviously Alice is involved and she's the marathon swimmer so um, Mazzacoro is another 800 metre athlete that I've always looked up to, uh, you know, at the GB. Um, 
800 meter athlete, Sasha um, Corman, who's um, a netball player. Yeah, there's just so many amazing athletes. Like I can't even tell you, but you know, have a look at the Women's Sports Trust um, program yeah, and the program. I'll link it in the episode description. I think it'd be so great for people to look at, and so nice that it's got such a variety of sports because it's offering like a female idol in so many sports for everyone to look up to, which is just great yeah it's just been amazing to be part of it it's been like it feels like I'm part of a team like it's so nice to have the support of all the women on this program like they're all doing such an amazing such amazing things for the sport and really shaping the future landscape of sport as well which is so um important and through lockdown we've had sort of meetings pretty much every week I think since it started which was so lovely like you know just checking if we're okay but also discussing you know things that were happening and, and and changes that were being made and you know helping us to understand that or to better ourselves and getting specialists in to talk to us about different topics um so they've just been so supportive and um it really gave me the confidence to you know um speak to the British Dyslexic Association and you know get more involved with Dementia UK um I've also become an ambassador for Fitter Women which is um an app that tracks menstruation and learned so much about that for female athletes is so so important as well so um I just feel like the Women's Sports Trust has really just given me the confidence and also that sort of I don't know just that passion that I wanted to like be able to have yeah I guess that that desire of positive change they, they really support that and that's that's amazing. Wow no it's it's so great to see and yeah I just think consistently bringing this topic of female empowerment within sport because it's just sport is has always enhanced my life so much my well-being my mental health and it's just such an amazing thing that could be so great for so many other people but I think it's just having yeah the confidence to get involved for some people so I think these kind of programs are just so amazing for that yeah and I, I mean I hope through this program I can kind of connect with more women and help empower them I know there's been so many spaces where I've just really got so much of being surrounded by amazing women and I think you know even on a recreational level um, it doesn't have to be an elite level um, to to be able to be involved with women and and, you know inspire them to work hard towards what they want to achieve Um, that's really important to me. What kind of plans does the the program have in terms of maybe when lockdown's less aggressive? I know it's really hard to judge kind of I think um you know with certain aspects of industry being okay full steam ahead and then you know other things being a little bit uh locked down it's it's really difficult but um yeah I think our hopes are to all be able to kind of come together and and actually meet in person because I've actually never met you know I've only ever met the girls virtually um I've got a lot of projects in mind in terms of makeup I'm I'm hoping to collaborate with some of the women because that's something that I really want to do in the future is kind of merge my two worlds almost and and, you know work with more amazing women and um that would be something that I really want to do and reflect that in my work as well so I'm hoping to um yeah we've got a little campaign project in mind there (laughs) I'd love to speak to you actually quickly before we finish about your um external passion to sport which is being a hair and makeup artist has it been really lovely for you to have this to the side of sports so that you have a passion in another aspect I can imagine that must be really great because I think sometimes for me when sport was kind of the forefront of my mind I kind of only really saw that as my passion and then when I got injured I found it really challenging yeah I think it's been really nice at times like you say where, where I've had injuries or 
you know, I maybe wanted to just focus my energy in, in other areas. You know, running has always been the thing that I wanted to do, but I know, you know, that can only be for a limited period of time as a professional. So, you know, I've always wanted to have um, something in the background that I know I can go back to and that I equally enjoy. Um, so when I was looking at universities, I knew not being as academic and really like kind of struggling with that side of things that I wanted to do something in the arts. Um, so I went to the Arts University Bournemouth and studied um, makeup for media and prosthetics. Um, and initially I wanted to do like more prosthetics and got a lot, quite a lot of experience in maxillofacial and like film and TV and sort of um, that sort of prosthetic side of things. Um, but as running's kind of taken over and I prioritised my training, um, now I sort of work more in sort of fashion where I can do like one day shoot and um, on my rest day and, and then be um, an athlete for the rest of the week. Because I think film and TV is quite full on. It's, it's long hours and it's very little routine with it. So um, that to being an athlete isn't as conducive. Um, so it's definitely something that I, I just love immersing myself creatively and, and kind of letting go a little bit. Um, but at the same time, running is very much the priority at the moment. So. Yeah, no, for sure. My, um, one of my best friends actually went to Bournemouth. <laughs> she oh, went to Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a really nice place to live. And yeah, like, like you're saying, it's kind of committing to that side with film and TV probably, probably isn't structurally as available if you're going to be running all the time. But you did do some work on like some really kind of well-known film and TV. Yeah, so actually like my last year of uni, um, I did some industry experience at Millennium Effects, which is like a warehouse. So they make a lot of prosthetics for film and TV and two of the things I worked on. So one was Top Gear for, I made some pumpkin heads for, I think it was a Halloween special for some oh. motorbike um, <laughs> helmet, uh, which was so, so fun, amazing. And then um, I also made some Cybermen for Doctor Who that's so, so cool yeah so I absolutely love that side of things but again like I, I was actually injured during that that um that industry experience so I I yeah just worked constantly long hours and stuff but it was so so fun I loved it so cool amazing so um coming on to our final three questions so I ask everyone these questions and I just love hearing everyone's answers really just like learning from people so and the first question is, what is one thing that you do daily to make yourself feel your absolute best? I'm trying to think something that I would do for every day and, and all the sort of mundane things spring to mind. But I think there is like something really ritualistic in, in those mundane things, if that makes sense. For me, something that makes me feel really good and really gives me the ability to be present is having structure. So one thing that I do do every day, which is, yeah, I, I make sure I put down my phone and all my technology at 9pm every night. Normally, sometimes it's earlier than that. But just having that little curfew just allows me to switch off completely. And then I try not to pick up my phone until after I've had my breakfast the next morning. So I can just go about my morning in my own time, like put in a bit of self-care for myself. And yeah, just enjoy that process of having breakfast and and being a little bit more chill about it because um, I think there's so much um, I don't know distraction nowadays and you know as soon as you wake up in the morning your alarm goes off and you've got a blue light in your face and yeah. it's so easy to then just be straight on email straight on everything so I quite like to um, avoid that in the mornings and the evenings and it just gives me the time to 
um, enjoy my morning and, and relax in the evening as well. So I think that really contributes to me feeling good. No, that's such a good one. I definitely can learn from that. <laughs> I go through phases of it. I, I, I'm definitely going to start doing it again, but I, I used to keep my phone downstairs um like before I go to sleep so I'd always put my phone because I have a alarm on my Garmin so I can't use the excuse of oh my phone like I have the alarm on my phone um because for some reason I used to always want to get an alarm clock but then I'd be like I don't know why but I wouldn't trust the alarm clock but I trust my Garmin so it's fine yeah so I did I recently got an alarm clock because I think that's a really good way of just not having your phone in the room so I got that's one of those Lumi lamps and it lights up the oh, room the one that lights up yeah yeah and it's just oh. a bit more of a natural way of waking up in the yeah. morning yeah, no, it's a really good shout. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. But yeah, I love that you brought that up in terms of removing that blue light because it, it really just interferes with our sleep as well. I mean, if we, I think there's loads of studies out there saying kind of like having that blue light before sleep just really doesn't enhance our sleep. And obviously sleep's so important as an athlete as well to recover. Yeah, so, big one. Yeah, yeah. Really important. And also just having that space, like like you say, from emails and social media, I feel like it's such an amazing space in terms of, having that enhanced communication I mean especially during lockdown like having social media and an email and everything like that has been so great but at the same time like it constantly takes us away from ourselves and I think like a lot of people have been communicating via technology which has been obviously a good sense during lockdown but it's then very hard to switch off from that as well so um yeah that's just like my little way of yeah removing distraction almost (laughs) that's great so second question is is there a goal or a way you want to grow in the next year? Yeah, I think um, just continuing to um, be mindful of what like I really enjoy because I think it's really easy to lose sight of that when you're a professional sport and you're always reaching for the next goal, um, always pushing that a little bit harder. I've obviously over, over the last year found myself in a really good place and really enjoying it, but I kind of want to keep working on that and make sure that that's something that's a core value. Yeah, and it's kind of a never-ending process, isn't it? Having that enjoyment, like you never reach a point where you won't ever enjoy it any more than you do. Like, yes. so it's it's kind of a constant. But that's a really nice one to how I love that. So, final question, which is my favorite one: Is there a mantra or a quote you have that you align to in life of positivity? So I've got a few, but I think the one that sort of resonates for me the most at the moment, and actually it's quite funny, it's actually from, have you ever seen Kung Fu Panda? The the cartoon, it's like a film. I love it. Do you? Okay, great. Oh my gosh, my sister's going to love that you've said that because she's obsessed. (laughs) We both are, to be fair. I'm not going to say it's just her. We both love it. So it's, um, I think it goes, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, today is a gift and that's why we call it the present I love that yeah <laughs> and I think it's like the wise like tortoise that's in the film which is so <laughs> ironic because I'm like such a tortoise enthusiast I've got a pet tortoise um but I remember watching that film and just like <laughs> jotting it down on my phone as like a little sort of mantra so yeah <laughs> oh, I love that that tortoise is so wise as well like he's such yeah. a model <laughs> so true <laughs> I actually love that film honestly it's got so many good messages in it it really does yeah it really does yeah it really resonates <laughs> no but it is true like if we kind of live in regret of the past or fear of the future we're not living present and those are things we can't control and I find that whenever I'm living in one of those areas in the past or in the future I'm I'm never feeling my best having that is actually a really lovely quote to come back to you know yeah definitely yeah. 
so cool. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, I've loved speaking to you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our chat, actually. It's been really nice. Thank you so much, Torsi. <laughs>